This is AT Conversations. You can listen to the back catalogue at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcasts. I'm talking to Shegaf Abusale, who's a Syrian architect who came to Britain in 2016 and is currently working at KPF. My second guest is Hannah Brook. Hannah works for Transitions, which is the recruitment arm of Renacy. Hannah, I'll let you explain what Renacy is. So Renacy um, is, is part of a kind of a network of, of, of organisations that work in employability um, with, with, with refugees, refugee professionals kind of across the spectrum. And so there's a kind of big referral network there. So we, we definitely, if we can't place somebody because we don't work with legal, um, you know, in the legal sector we know where to refer them um, equally doctors nurses etc and then people know that we're here for engineers architects business service candidates and that tends to be how it works and it's most effective and so how are you actually funded transitions as a service it, it needs to wash its own face we, we we work with employers and employers pay us a fee as they would a an employment agency um, obviously, we're a specialist employment agency um, and we provide more than just talent. You know, as I said, we're working with those employers, we're engaging with them, we're educating. Um, we do that through workshops, through through a, a, a range of different different schemes and tools. Um, but essentially, it, it, we're, we're funded by employers. So, Shegaf, how did you come to be working in the UK? I was applying to universities, you know, from Syria and then uh, from Turkey. Actually, yeah, I was planning to do my master's, my PhD. This is even before the war started in Syria. So this was my my main goal uh, to to move to UK, do my um, master's, PhD, and then, um, you know, you know, all the big names here (laughs) for architecture. So maybe have a, a good experience in UK and yeah. So yeah, so the the first thing was um, applying to university and try to make as much as possible connections with architects who who's living here. So, and how do you start that process of making connections in a new country? I think you know at the beginning it's it's just making connections, um, not specifically architects, but you know it was just inside trying to focus on architects. But I was more open to to see more people and. Uh, there, there was lots of um, events called like eat and greet. You can just go have, you know, dinner and, and meet people. And it happened that lots of people I've met, they have lots of architects, you know, friends, architects, and they introduced me to them. And, and, and then it started, you know, to, to be more um, architectural conversation rather than just um, talking about Syria. <laughs> So, Hannah, yeah. in your experience, are you finding that people are as adept as Shegaf was at just making friends, going to things, meeting their friends? I, I mean, obviously, it, it depends, doesn't it, from, from case to case. I think, you know, obviously, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic now. So all of that has been so much harder. And what are you finding, Hannah, in terms of qualifications that people have? Mm. Are UK employers happy to recognise them and accept them? Or is there a bit of a block there? It's absolutely one of the barriers. But what we find is, you know, so in terms of our portfolio of talent that we work with, um, all of them have a minimum of a degree, um, usually a master's, and actually have then, um, like Shegaf, come over and and acquired a kind of UK um, qualification as well. 
and um, despite that UK qualification, um, you know, employers still have that reluctance, having sort of recognised that actually experience and qualifications were originally acquired overseas and not having that UK work experience comes into play. And, you know, there, there's a body, uh, ENIC, which was formerly known as MARIC, um, which, you know, again, candidates can kind of get a, a kind of certificate of comparability to say, you know, absolutely, this degree is equivalent to this degree, this master's is equivalent to this master's. Um, so, so part of our role and part of my role is talking to employees to educate them about ENIC and about the fact that, you know, that they, they needn't consider that to be a risk, you know, and, and it's an opportunity, in fact. And is there, uh, in terms of the kind of moving their career forward and getting professional qualifications, is there any mechanism whereby people can fast track a sort of conversion? Like if people come here and they've done parts one and two, can they become reaper qualified in a year or is it actually a case of going right back to the beginning and starting again it, it feels like the latter um you know and and it's sort of a conversation or a dialogue that that we we are continuing to have with kind of bodies like like reba to understand what could be done because i think you know that there's increasingly a light being shone on diversity and inclusion and um everyone's waking up to the fact that we've all been far too slow to to ensure that our organizations reflect our communities um and that's very much a part of it um but yeah i, I don't think it's quite there yet check of having studied in Syria and in England, do you think the architectural education is very different? You know, not the architecture, you know, not the curriculum itself. It's more like the the style, if I can say the education style, it's more, you know, here it's more open. You, you, there's not, the, they don't have specific curriculum. You need just to follow. And, and then you pass an exam. It's more like um, open, you, you do your own research, you go online, you, you do your everything. It's just the, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's kind of two comparison between um, Britain and Syria and then between masters and undergraduates. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's not very fair because I think in, in, in master's level, you're more uh, dependent and, and, and you carry out the research and then, you know, the professor is more kind of observing and, and advising. This is AT Conversations. You can listen to the back catalogue at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcast. It's quite similar in, in terms of, you know, information and in terms of level of details, you know. Um, yeah, I think I, I can say it, it is equivalent. Hannah, so you're talking all the time to employers and trying to persuade them that there's this huge reservoir of talent that they need to benefit from apart from the issue of qualifications maybe not being quite understood what are the other obstacles you face um I think you know when people first arrive there's just knowing how to navigate the UK labour market and, and particular industries um you know I think we will take for granted that we sort of know how things work and you know who we'd go to perhaps in our networks to kind of unlock doors etc so so you know having been forced to leave you know family friends life um and, and sort of social and professional networks behind that that's really difficult what, what we find is that employers you know equally they, they focus on that UK experience and we, we're always having that conversation around sort of you know transferable skills and that experience actually acquired overseas 
um, is beneficial. Uh, and, you know, um, you've got international insights that you're bringing in terms of value. There's um, additional languages spoken. And yeah, we, we really have to kind of talk through with employers that, that they shouldn't just cite UK experience as essential and, and need to look past that. And is there an issue that you're only ever preaching to the converted? Because presumably for you to be in a position where you're having that conversation, the practice has come to you and they're quite open to it anyway. Yes, um, certainly, you know, in, in my line of work, I meet uh, lots of wonderful, passionate individuals, um, you know, who are advocates within their own businesses. Um, and it's through working with them that we try and kind of... Um, create a positive difference and embed um, a kind of a level playing field as it were but that said you know we, we absolutely hold events where we're kind of inviting external people that may not have heard around uh, much about Renacy which is part of what transitions is, is now um, and actually the, the issues that uh, that refugee professionals face you know the barriers that they face so we have an, an opportunity to educate kind of more broadly in that way so I may have my um, advocate within the business but then I'll be introduced to someone else in another department you know who, who who really isn't familiar with the issues and I'd have to kind of go through that process again so you're constantly talking to new people new connections in particular hiring managers um, and running them through issues about how they can just make their recruitment practices more inclusive essentially. And Sheg have you had um, some experience with transitions didn't you? Before transition I, I could get you know some internship in, in, in some local practices. Uh, I think, you know, as we, we uh, as Hannah was saying that, you know, all employers, they don't really maybe trust uh, that we, we can do the work or, you know, just coming from a different place, they just don't really trust that. I felt like I'm, I'm not giving a lot, but when, when I went through transition to work with, um, uh, OPDC um, in GLA um, and I think introducing me as you know someone who's professional and someone who's um, you know uh, fully qualified in, in my country and and coming to here you know to get a proper you know job so it's not just um, a, a work placement or uh, so it, it was like work uh, internship but it was intended to be extended if you know if we were both happy about it so I think that that helped a lot uh, with me being more confident about, you know, that I am here to do the j- proper job and, and, and they're getting benefit out of me. Like I'm, I'm useful in, in a way. And, and for them, I think they kind of acknowledge that um, even though I don't have any UK experience or I'm not, you know, a Reebok, um, uh <laughs> qualified architect, but um, still um, have the same or uh, kind of, you know, similar experience yeah it was it was very uh, very helpful because I think it just you know introduced me in a professional way and Hannah what is the kind of breadth of services you can provide do you help candidates with things like language skills and putting together their CV Absolutely. So that piece I mentioned about kind of navigating the UK labour market, we kind of go through that, absolutely look at um, CVs and sort of positioning and presentation of of skills and experience. Um, We we help with, obviously, I mean, our kind of uh, raise and debtor is really to broker these professional placements with employers. And that is the opportunity. It's that um, for, for individuals to demonstrate 
you know the value that they can bring to that organization and for the organization to to sort of see that um and and that really it's just opening those doors you know we often um connect um, candidates with professionals um, in a sort of mentoring um, capacity so that they can actually work with those individuals around specific goals. I worked with transition as a mentor. I was mentoring other candidates. I think I learned a lot uh, after I, I left the work at GLA and, and studied at university. And then I started to mentor other candidates. I learned a lot about how to explain that you're quali qualified as an architect in your CV. Um, after understanding all those, um, you know, part one, part two, part three, and and the way people study architecture here, that that was um, really important for me to tell others that you know explain it in your CV in a way that we we did five years, which is equivalent to part two, and then we did you know, worked in, in an office one year, which is similar to part three. And then, yeah, I, I, I did mentor some other. If, if people are listening and want to contribute something, presumably mm. looking for mentors as well as employers. Absolutely. I mean, that sort of peer-to-peer -peer support that Shekhar just described is, is, is invaluable, you know, that you can bring that really recent experience and relevant experience. You're listening to 80 Conversations with me, Isabel Allen. The back catalogue is available at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcast. But yeah, it's very much about, um, well, we know that mentoring is a kind of two-way process, isn't it? So um, definitely see that as a way for mentors to learn about the experiences of, you know, refugee professionals, understand um, the kind of context and and learn about themselves through the process of supporting an individual to 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 get the job which is just you know fundamentally what, what we someone want. needs to kind of share in like the economic and social wealth of their community you know it's a yeah. Uh, Shagav can you just tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing at KPF? Uh, now it's been like um, a year and, and a half uh, working with them. Um, first before I had my baby and, and now after I got my baby. Now I'm working with uh, a team like of, of 10. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big um, big company. And um, I, I think that that helped me a lot with, um, you know, uh, learning about UK and non-UK projects. And I think... Um, being in an international office is um, a good place to start with because, you know, me not, not having the REBA and not having the, the UK experience, uh, I found myself um, more comfortable to work at the beginning on, you know, projects in Kuwait or projects in other parts of, of the world, which I, I feel like I, I, relate, I can relate to, you know, like in the Middle East or in, in Turkey, whatever. And, and then I started to gain this confidence and, and start to feel more useful. And, and now I'm, I'm working on more um, London projects um, and started to, to, to learn about um, London, you know, uh, British regulation and, and how, how it, it works in London. But I, I think this, is, this was a very good that um, being in a big company. Shergif, do you think that really... From your experience, is the challenge just that first foot in the door? Like once you actually get a job, do you think then it's a level playing field and you can prove what you do and you're off? Or do you think that actually you're sort of going to be fighting for the rest of your career now? 
Well, <laughs> I think, you know, for, I think even for, um, you know, architects who, who grow up here and, and, and they um, uh, went to universities here, they, they're still fighting because it's always, you know, competing sector, I guess. But um, um, if, if um, as, as I understand it, just to, you know, to get the job, so it is, it is this, you know, this key um, for the, the experience, the first uh, option. And then I think it gets much um, easier. Uh, there is a, a body here and they, in, in the UK, and they, they trusted you and they gave you a good, you know, uh, a recommendation letter telling that you can do the job. At least there is someone that they can, you know, um, trust because because you may be coming from a, another country and even though you have lots of documents but some people might suspect that you know you don't know if this document is, is real or not uh, so yeah i think i think the, the first one is, is the most um difficult we've been working with employers throughout the pandemic and finding you know placements for our engineering candidates um, yeah. our data analysts but actually we haven't been able to find any placements for for our architects candidates you know um and so absolutely any architect firms out there listening we'd love them to get in touch you know because we can definitely mm -hmm. um help them with a different way of hiring but i just i guess tips for for our candidates you know who who have maybe, um, yeah, just experiencing that kind of um, loss of confidence, perhaps, you know, when you've kind of been making a number of applications um, and, and things aren't moving and progressing as quickly as you want. What, what would you, what advice would you give? I, th I think first, just being confident about, you know, even if things are different, it's just, uh, you can learn, you can learn that, you can, um, um, th this is, comes by experience and, and then, it's it's easy and also maybe just being open and and talk about yourself about your experience about what you know uh what did you do and and i think most of people are uh, interesting interested in you know listening and trying to help so maybe if there is a problem just um even in you know in in workplace um there's lots of for me for example there's lots of you know things that i don't know about british regulation and all those things and and I just found out mm -hmm. it's very easy to get them online. <laughs> and, and that's what everyone does, you know, just open the approved document and get the information. So maybe just not think, overthink it, you know, thinking that, that it's so, that's impossible and, and it's so difficult. For example, when I was mentoring others, I was always mentioning that, you know, be very clear in your CV, be very, you know, um, so this is kind of more professionally. But in general, it's just, I think, being confident and because, yeah, because I, I can understand it, it's so difficult when you, you know, when you come to, uh, when, to a place they don't know about you. While I, you know, in Syria, I used to be um, like in, in university, very talented, uh, having the high score in every year and, and being very special and then just came to a place where no one knows you know about my my talent and so it's kind of difficult in the beginning but then you know because i i think i have it some at some point it will show maybe just being more 
more open and, and confident. You're absolutely right, because I'm, I'm always overwhelmed by the, the, the talent and the experience of the candidates I'm meeting. And I, yes. you know, kind of feel like really I, the, my job shouldn't even be necessary. It's so frustrating um, as a kind of broker with businesses. Um, and so often just holding up a mirror, reminding them and reflecting um, back, you know, how, how utterly brilliant they are. Yeah. Hannah Brooke, Shegef Abisale, thank you so much for joining me today. You've been listening to 80 Conversations with me, Isabel Allen. You can subscribe free of charge at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcasts.